Hi guys, we have Celia Litvin, a clinical psychologist and the founder of clinically proven mental well-being app EQ. With years of experience providing counseling and therapy and specializes in clinical psychology, including depression and anxiety and systemic psychology, the science of relationship, which actually leads us very nicely onto today's topic, which is emotional intelligence and relationships. And I think it's something that a lot of people are talking about at the moment. Um, when it comes to relationships and your partners and how they respond to certain situations, um, you know, there's a lot of buzzwords, well, we probably shouldn't call them buzzwords, but words flying around like gaslighting and narcissism and all of those kind of things, which has come a lot at the back of TV programs, um, conversations you have with your friends. And it's really emerged a lot in the past few years. And it's something I hear a lot about um, when people say that their partner's a narcissist or they you know they're, they're gaslighting me and stuff like that and it's become almost a trendy kind of phrase to use but Celia how would you define emotional intelligence and its significance in relationships? Hi Shri um yeah so emotional intelligence is the capacity to be aware of to control and to express one's emotion and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically that practically means that you are understanding what is happening with your counterpart, your partner, the person that you're talking to, as well as what is happening within yourself emotionally. Okay. So if you were in a relationship with somebody and you felt like they were a little bit less emotionally intelligent than you or your ideal partner, for example, what kind of characteristics would they show? Um, well, if, if they were less emotionally intelligent than you would wish them to be, um, they would have difficulties um, identifying and dis describing their own emotions as well as um, yours. So, for example, they would say, like, why are you mad? I don't understand this. And you like, how could you not understand why I'm mad right now? Or you say, how are you feeling? They'll be like, eh, bad. Why? I don't know. Just bad. Right. So these are the typical things that someone who's not in tune with their emotions and hasn't learned to understand identify and um, kind of label their emotions properly um, someone who isn't aware of their personal strengths and limitations like sometimes we'll have someone say okay I'm, I'm really bad at handling critique and that is actually a sign of emotional intelligence because they know that they're bad of it at it and they might give you the tools to be able to convey your uh, criticisms in a way that they can handle it right so it doesn't make them bad at emotional intelligence it's limitation Someone who isn't emotionally intelligent might be really bad at taking critique, but they wouldn't know how to deal with it and they just get really mad and storm off, for example, or they will ruin a relationship. Um, people lack self-confidence and self-acceptance. That often goes hand in hand because the more you understand about your own emotions and the more you understand about other people's emotions, the more you relax because it's often not personal, right? So if there's somebody who just hates your guts and you've never spoken to them, you know that that has nothing to do with you. You are triggering some part of them. And that's not something to take personally. That's something, you know, to almost feel sorry for, for that person, right? Um, the ability to be able to, um, to embrace change is, for example, um, a sign of emotional intelligence um, because change is often scary and it takes a lot of skills adapting and if you don't have the skills and you don't know which skills you're missing then it can feel like your life is spiraling out, um, out of control um taking if they'll be bad at or they'll have low emotional intelligence if they um, cannot accept responsibility for mistakes like understand where they went wrong 
why they went wrong and try to be able to fix it. Um, and of course, being able to contain your emotions. My next question is about people who may come across as emotionally unintelligent versus people who are just genuinely very unbothered. So for example, I don't know, something's happened to your friend. You don't think it's that big a deal because if it happened to you, you it wouldn't hurt you as much as it's hurt this person. Therefore, you don't feel like you need to be as empathetic or sympathetic towards that person. Is that low emotional intelligence or is that just not caring? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it, it could theoretically be a sign of setting a boundary, saying like, I will not allow someone else's inability to deal with emotion have an impact on me right now for various reasons and, and that's healthy and that's also emotional intelligence um if you just can't understand why that person is so bothered about something that you wouldn't be bothered by i would say it's a lack of empathy and therefore a sign of maybe a missing skill in your uh, aq box skill set practically um if you understand why people get upset you can also react in a way where you acknowledge it and say, listen, I, I can see that you're super upset. I don't agree with you for this and this reason. And I don't want to participate in your anger or your outrage or your frustration or your sadness, but I'm here for you and I'll, I'll listen to you. And, you know, if you want to, we can look for something that will make you feel better, for example. Okay. And obviously, as you are a psychologist, can you spot somebody who's emotionally unintelligent? When I look for it, yes. Um, so I do not go through the world looking for signs of <laughs> um, psychological instability, emotional intelligence, intelligence in general. I just, you know, I'm like la-di-da walking through life. Sometimes it smacks me against the head and I'm like, oh, wow, okay. But those are usually quite extreme symptoms of something that I notice. Um, I would have to go looking. So if I'm in a session with a client, I will be much more likely to detect low emotional intelligence or a disorder or symptoms of a disorder than if I'm sitting with a friend in a cafe. Like I've known people for 10 years that tell me that they're struggling with depression and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, yes, that makes so much sense. I just wasn't looking for them for it and they weren't asking me for help, right? So um, yeah, if I look for it, yes. I think we all think psychologists can really pick up on people's emotions and behaviors just in an instant. But obviously, it makes sense that if you're not looking for it, there's so many different reasons as to why they're behaving that way. We just think you're magicians, to be honest. <laughs> that reminds me of a story. I went to a party and I was sitting next to this guy. He was not happy sitting next to a psychologist. And he came back from the buffet and he had chosen like different desserts. And I looked at his <laughs> plate and I said, oh, that's the kind of person you are. And he got so upset because he thought I could read him on you know, the desserts that he was choosing. I'm like, dude, it was just a joke. I'm so sorry I didn't mean to upset you. But no, you we, we... Really, you can really use your title to really scare some people and freak them out. <laughs> yes, but, you know, trying to do use any powers we acquire for good. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Um, so how can, I mean, we work in a startup, um, we have under 30 people that work in our company. So we all are very, very tight knit. We all speak to each other quite regularly. How does somebody who has low emotional intelligence, how does that kind of impact their working life in particular? Well, um, they will be often 
surprised about the reactions, the emotional reactions of people around them. They will be having a very different picture of themselves. And then every time they get a reaction that they weren't anticipating, they will be stupefied and horrified at times and thinking, how could someone misinterpret what I'm saying or misunderstand me or not like me? Um, so uh, that feeling of not understanding why people do the things they do is a typical sign for people working in an environment whilst having low emotional intelligence. Um, they will not be able to work as efficiently as they could with their teammates because uh, lacking the skills to ask for help properly, communicate, being able to actively listen to understand the undertones. Um, so for example, you say, are you free? Can you help me? And someone goes like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and they go, oh, great, they want to help me. Um, and not understand that like that person's barely hanging on. And that person, of course, is going to feel like I communicated very clearly that I'm not really free. Um, so, and someone with high emotional touches would go, I, I can hear that you're like about to burn out. This is not as important, or I understand you're in a really bad place right now. I need this and, you know, I won't bother you for a week or I'll, I'll take over something else or something like that. So it's harder to work with a person who doesn't read the emotional cues around them, doesn't implement skills that make it easier for other people to like them and to want to communicate with them. Um, and just kind of like communication is so many, so many lay, there are so many layers to each bit of communication that they, they're just missing out on the richness of, of human interactions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you work with people so closely, closely as well, you do kind of come across different traits and personalities of them that do highlight low emotional intelligence. And I'm not saying any of us are sky high with emotional intelligence but I think it does it when you when you're sat in a room with people when you, there is that one anomaly you can see that a mile away and that's without having any kind of psychological skills or background or anything which is interesting though because in in corporates where you know you're say for in a bank for example where you're churning out and you have to work the really long hours and you just have to keep going I don't think there's much consideration for whether you are an emotionally intelligent person or not is whether you can kind of get the job done, right? But how does that affect people in the long run? Well, there's kind of a, a process of self-selection. So people with high EQ will probably not voluntarily go into corporations or environments that do not allow for that, or even, um, you know, join groups of people that have high incidence of sociopathy. Right. For example, banks, um, oil and gas, um, surgeons. There are typical fields of work that require low emotional intelligence, but high aggressiveness um, and high neuroticism and um, things like that, which people will self-select out of. Right. So, um, yeah, environments that don't take care of that, they're just going to lose creative input they're going to lose certain type of people that would enrich um their their fields and um that's why a lot of these corporations are a little bit like i'm making air quotes now rotten because they're they're missing that human element that would might maybe stop them from making certain decisions that they get in trouble for down the road mm, yeah absolutely so if say if you are somebody who identifies as somebody as as a person that's quite low in emotional intelligence 
you've really you've listened to this podcast you want to boost it up you've seen some traits you've heard about it um you've mentioned some of course throughout this podcast what kind of practical strategies would you recommend to improve their emotional intelligence well i think the, the best one and the first and foremost is to go to therapy I think one of the reasons why people have low EQ is because they haven't learned how to build EQ. Their parents or their caregivers haven't taught them empathy, haven't um, allowed them to put themselves in other people's shoes. It wasn't required. Maybe it was even um, a survival strategy not to be empathetic, right? Because otherwise you'd just be hurt to the core. Um, And sometimes you have experienced things that make you build strategies that do not require emotional intelligence so that needs to be unlocked understood and in therapy usually you learn to understand yourself and your emotions and to regulate your emotions which are key components of um, emotional intelligence so that is first and foremost if you are adverse to therapy or you don't have the money for therapy or you're on a wait list or you're under the threshold for therapy there are lots of books about emotional intelligence. There are self, self-help books. There are podcasts. There are online seminars, webinars. There is, you know, YouTube videos. Um, so there's there's a lot of resources out there which are easily understood and easily implemented if you really deep dive into it. Um, I think probably one of the best active exercises that anyone can make to be empathetic and to understand people is active listening. And active listening is practically that you're really listening to what the person is saying, and then you reflect back to what you think they're saying. So if someone says, oh, I'm having a shit day and everything's bad and um, I just want to go home and take a nap. You go, oh, I just heard that you're tired and you want to sleep. <laughs> the person will say, no, I'm really frustrated. I'm angry. I'm a little bit upset. And I'm just wanting to take a nap because it feels like escapism, right? And they go, oh, so I hear that you've had a bad day and that makes you sad and angry. And they go, yes, right? So that's how you can deep dive into understand what a person is really saying. And then you start hearing the nuances over time. So you get better and better at reflecting back to what somebody has said. Plus, it's the best glue in the world. When someone says, oh, I hear this is what you're saying, you really feel heard, you feel understood, and you can understand that that person is trying to understand. Even if they get it completely wrong, you usually don't get upset because they're trying, right? So active listening is wonderful. Asking for feedback, like saying, how do you feel I am like emotionally? Do you feel like there's something that I could work on. They say like, yeah, you get angry too quickly. You need to do something about your anger, like contain your emotions or say, uh, yeah, you never listen or something like that. So active feedback and then not getting upset, but maybe seeing it as, as a true reflection of something that you would want to change. You know, sometimes you'll have people asking you to change something that you say, you know what, I'm actually quite okay. That was a boundary. That wasn't me not having a skill. Then you're good. You know, you're golden. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, always going down into why am I feeling a certain way? As soon as you get to an emotion and you're not 100% clear, like if someone dumps you, it's absolutely normal to be sad, right? But if someone doesn't text you in an hour, you get really mad or you get really anxious, then you can say, what is triggering me to get mad or anxious if someone isn't getting back to me in an hour? Because an hour, you know, you're working, you're reading, you're playing, you're sleeping. There's so much that can happen. Why am I taking this personally? Why is this triggering something? with me and that's something to work 
Wow. I feel like I've just learned so much. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll give them two hours now instead before I get mad. <laughs> yeah, maybe I need some help. <laughs> I walked into this podcast so confident. So I was like, I don't need any help. I'm going to teach everyone else something. Little did I know. It <laughs> still happens to me every day. Yeah, I bet. I bet. What would you say is the difference between someone having low emotional intelligence and narcissism? So low emotional intelligence is practically missing psychological skills that are beneficial for building and maintaining relationships and understanding oneself. Whereas narcissism is a personality disorder that is actually um, in the DSM-5, which is practically the Bible for psychological um, disorders. And you have to have at least seven out of 12 traits um, over a long period of time. Narcissism, as you said at the beginning, is practically being thrown around a lot here and there. And I, I do think that there are more narcissistic personality disorders now than there were before media became so big. And everything is geared toward feeding one insecurities and giving one the sense of grandeur at the same time. So it's it's this weird um, imbalance. But I think the difference between low emotional intelligence and narcissism, other than it being a disorder, is that narcissists often understand other people's emotions, but they either choose to ignore or they even use it to manipulate. Mm. So when they say, okay, uh, you know, I said, I'm sorry, I can't, you know, go to your birthday next week. A low, and then you go, oh no, really? And then, uh, you know, someone low emotional intelligence say, why are they upset? I mean, it's just, it's the, you know, 32nd birthday. It's not a big one, right? And only two people are coming. So why is she mad? Um, whereas a narcissist would be like, oh my gosh, how can you make this about yourself? Um, you know, this is a really bad day for me. And um, I feel like you are, um, you know, abusing your birthday to make me feel bad blah blah blah. you know so they they know that it hurts they're just going to use it against you they're going to gaslight and twist the situation and reverse it to you so narcissism is a pervasive pattern of grandiosity where you kind of like feel that you are more deserving and more worthy than anyone around you you have these um, ideas of or fantasies of success, power, brilliance, beauty, perfect love, and at the same time, a debilitating fear that you're not worthy, and you're going to do anything to not have to face that fear. And if you you know stomp all over the people you love in your life, that's absolutely fine. And low emotional intelligence usually isn't linked to want wishing others unwell or wanting to hurt other people. It's just that they don't get it. And they don't know how to deal with it. So there's there's a huge difference. And I think once that malignant aspect falls away, it's m much easier to forgive and live with someone who doesn't get it than someone who gets it uh, and doesn't want to get it or wants to use it against you. Because mm. I guess with uh, emotionally unintelligent people, they can learn the skills to kind of get out of that loophole and learn to listen better, for example, as you said, is quite key to being more emotionally intelligent. Whereas a narcissist, there's a lot more to reverse in your head I guess but it, did both of them come down to I mean you said to kind of become emotionally intelligent your first step would be going to therapy is that the same for narcissism as well 
Oh, yes. But the problem with narcissism is that you will very, very seldom see people in therapy for a narcissistic personality disorder. Who you will see in therapy are their spouses, their children, their family, and their friends. Because they, that, that fear of not being worthy and not being brilliant and not being more beautiful and not deserving more will keep them miles away from trying to unbox where that came from and that they might not be worthy. So it is practically the hot air that is keeping them on their little cloud. Therapy would take that hot air away and they will be do anything not to have that happen to them. And would you say, like, uh, I know this is coming off topic and we were talking about emotionally, emotional intelligence, but it, narcissism is such an interesting topic. So I just have one more question. Would you say that somebody who is classified as a narcissist, um, they have suffered something in their younger life or they they were, for example, bullied as a child and therefore they kind of developed these defensive personality traits? Yes. Um, so you, you, we have practically two theories of thought and most of them, they go hand in hand. And the half of it is kind of like, it is a learned behavior. That was a strategy that they had for survival, which was emotional abuse or neglect from their parents, or even, you know, through, through school bullying or something like that, or emotional neglect in a way that their parents put them on a pedestal and didn't allow them to be less than the most beautiful, the most intelligent and feeling that if they weren't, or if they didn't believe it, then they wouldn't have their parents' love, which they might be right about. And a different way of the brain working. So there's probably a mix of both of them together. Um, and it's it's a bit of a conundrum because once you are aware that narciss narcissism often comes from a point of pain, hurt and vulnerability, you might tend to be a little less harsh or more forgiving towards them, which they will instantly take advantage of. So um, I think while you don't have to necessarily make their lives miserable, um, if you know that it is true that someone is a narcissist, run, run far, run wide. And if you spend a lot of time with them, you know, call your therapist because um, it is, it is a, a bad disorder. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It's a shame that people need to go to therapy to, help themselves get away from a narcissist when a narcissist can't help themselves get out of their own situation. Yeah. It's, that's, that's a sad thought. But that, I mean, that's been great. I think it's really going to help our audience really learn about emotional intelligence and any help that they need. Um, if you are listening and want to learn more about anything to do with our podcast, please subscribe. And please let us know if there's anything you want us to cover in next week's podcast. It's really nice speaking to you, Celia, and we'll catch up again next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.